Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We're kind of finding ourselves in that lull period between the Super Bowl and the NFL Combine. The good news is we're only a couple weeks away from the Combine, which means that's kind of when the offseason kind of really gets into full effect. But I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and today I'm, it's our typical full house as I'm joined by both my Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. I know you guys got some serious snow up there last week. I want to know, uh, how much did you get? Because I was actually trying to get up to the city. Couldn't happen with uh, that big storm coming on uh, last Thursday through Friday. Uh, so I had to kind of change my anniversary plans, but I did get a pretty sweet Jordan Howard jersey uh, from the wife, which is pretty neat. But how much snow did you guys get, B? Uh, I didn't get as much as Nick, I don't think. Uh, we, I think, got up to maybe eight inches max in some areas. But overall, I mean, I don't think it was as much as Nick. It looked like Nick than we did. Well, yeah, was it Nick? I don't even know how much we got. I know that school was canceled that Friday, so it was a lot. It was a good amount. I mean, obviously, to cancel school. So I don't know the exact number, but I'm just kind of glad it happened for my sake. Not for your sake, Well, I wish you would, the plans would have planned out. But I didn't have school on Friday, so it was great. Yeah, hey, anytime you can get a day off of work is a pretty good day in my book. It's kind of like a kid, right? Getting a snow day. That's the, exactly. that's the benefit of working in the education system, working in a school. Uh, but Brandon, this week I assigned you our weekly fun question to begin our show. So what do you have for Nick and I? And don't forget, you have to answer first. It's just how we have to do it. Yes. Um, so actually, the reason I was late joining the call, because we like to typically get on, you know, 15, 10 minutes early. I got on like five minutes before the show started. And the reason was because I was jamming out to some 90s country music. So I want to know, uh, if you were to pick a song to either describe you or your day today, what song would you pick? I'm going to do both, so it gives you a little time to think. Uh, describe myself, uh, since we were just listening to a Pickup Man by Joe Diffie. That's kind of the one that's in my head right now, uh, because I do love my truck. I, it's got an eight-foot bed that doesn't need to be made. Uh, if you burned it and rolled it downhill, I still wouldn't trade it in for a Coupe de Ville. <laughs> uh, so that kind of describes me. And then for my day, uh, you got to go with the Travis Tritt. It's a great day to be alive, because... It's just a classic song. It always puts me in a good mood. Uh, so those are the, the two songs that I picked, one to describe me, one to describe my day. I'm curious to know what uh, Will has. looks like he's pondering over there. I am pondering. I'm going to go, at least for my day, was uh, the Eagles uh, kind of correlating to our concert that's coming up next month. Brandon, uh, take it easy. Uh, it was actually a very simple day for my day job today. So I actually found myself, I was talking right before we went live, uh, playing a little bit of Madden, kind of experimenting with the offseason, seeing who's going to be available in free agency, how it all kind of pans out. And by the way, Trey Burton, the tight end from Philadelphia, brought him into Chicago here. Pretty interesting person to play with, especially in the new. I use uh, Kansas City's playbook as well. But uh, first time I got to play Madden in almost seriously a year. But take nice. it easy by the Eagles. And honestly, a song to describe me, I don't know, Rocket Man, Elton John, just because I love outer space. And I don't know, I feel a little isolated sitting in this room all day working in an office. So that's going to be my <laughs> two. Sounds kind of sad, a little lonely, but it's. I promise uh, I'm exaggerating just a little bit. But Nick, I'll swing it over to you. You know, it's still funny because uh, Will and I, before you got on, Brandon, we were ask, we we're talking about what question you could you possibly ask. And I'm like, if you ask me about music, I have no idea what I would <laughs> answer with. Yep, um, so I'm not going to actually answer your questions, but today I was listening <laughs> to the top 50 in Spotify. And the song that I keep on replaying is God's Plan by Drake. That's just it's a number one song right now. And I just keep on replaying it. Um yeah, so you know what? You really stumped me only because this is the one question probably out of all of them right wanting. now that I just didn't want to answer, and especially like to describe my day. Um, I'm like, I'm just trying to think. Well, I said um, or, so you don't or, have to answer. True. Um, I, I wasn't like a 
perfect day but i mean there's ed sheeran does have a song called perfect it doesn't really resemble the day so much <laughs> but yeah i maybe i'd go with those two then hey anytime that we have a podcast it's a perfect day in my book okay Thanks. very true very true all right so like i mentioned at the top of the show you know we're in a very peculiar spot here in the off season since our last show there really hasn't been any true news regarding our bears to kind of sit down and discuss we already broke down the entire roster in our save the franchise episodes and we also analyzed every single one of the new coaching finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the ergo smart base from tempur-pedic our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. So we're already kind of like ahead of the curve. It's kind of nice, uh, but there's, you know, we kind of still need to find a way to fill the time between now and the NFL combine. So in times like these, I think it's best to be creative. So today we're going to have a ton of fun segments that we came up with uh, over the weekend. And we promise you they're going to be pretty interesting things we haven't really done before. But before we get into those planned segments, I have a surprise segment for these guys, but I'm sure they knew what was coming anyway, because the news I'm using news kind of loosely here kind of broke earlier today that our bears are going to be playing in that annual hall of fame game against the Baltimore Ravens on August 2nd. And I just want to note, I tweeted this out earlier. The last time they took in this event was in 2005. The year before, 2004, they finished 5-11, and a record that is very similar or actually exact of the record that the Bears had last year. And then in 2005, they play in the Hall of Fame game. They flip their record to 11-5, and go on to win the division. And, of course, the year after that was the big Super Bowl year. So if history tends to repeat itself, things are you know looking kind of intriguing here in Chicago, I would say. But, guys... I want to know real quick. We now have five preseason games in 2018. I want to know any pros, any cons. What are your thoughts here uh, having the Bears being included in the Hall of Fame game? And Nick, I'm going to go over to you. I think it's a great thing because I think they start training camp a week earlier now or they start July 19th. So I like that. I mean, it's a new coach, new system. Uh, They have to get used to each other, all the players and all the coaches, and especially with a new scheme coming in for Trubisky just gives them that extra week to prepare. And I mean, we're trying to get tickets to that game. It'd be nice if we can go, but uh, I, I like it that they are. They do have that extra game to just prepare for the season. Um, they might a lot of times that game. Uh, most starters don't play very long or don't even play at all. But it's good that they at least have another week of practice that they can, you know, get acclimated to the new system that's going to be in place. Exactly. With Trubisky, who is now learning his second NFL offense, which, of course, I believe that uh, Nagy is going to make it, you know, as easy as possible. But again, Trubisky is a smart quarterback, smart guy. He's going to not have any issues. But having an extra week to do that, and I think also to kind of like build chemistry uh, with his new receivers that he's going to have, is going to be probably my two biggest pros. And on top of that, I think my third biggest pro is actually and specifically to that game, it now gives uh, Coach Nagy an extra game to kind of go through the nuances of being a head coach on the sidelines, what it takes, getting the you know the communication correct between he and his coordinators, his assistants, all those kind of you know small things that we don't really talk about too much or really think about. Um, it's just an extra week for him to kind of get prepared before week one when you know things are a little bit more official. But uh, what about you, B? Uh, do you have any other benefits that we haven't already mentioned? Uh, yeah, it gives him a chance to look at the whole ninety-man roster. Uh, prior to cuts before a week because now with the new role where you don't have to cut in waves you just cut everybody at once if you want to uh that just gives him a chance to look at how much depth there actually is on the roster before cuts have to be made so he may have some extra time to figure out some position battles if if some arise well i imagine some will arise naturally but he'll yeah, have time to so. figure those out yeah Exactly. Uh, Nick, do you have any cons? I mean, I, the only one I could think about is the added risk of injury. But like we said, most of the starters probably won't even play even a single snap in this game. So it'll just be like the second string kind of uh, lower uh, playing in that game. Do you have any other cons besides that? You know, I mean, you said the injury thing and you don't want to hurt the depth that is on this roster because like you said, most most likely these starters won't be playing. Um and then you don't want to you don't want to have any injuries at any point during the season, but it's the Bears. Come on, it's probably going to happen. But you definitely don't want to have it to happen in a you know a fifth preseason game or the, well technically their first one, but fifth uh, on the year. So that's probably the only con I can think of right now because I think that again you start a week earlier in practice that's going to play dividends down the season. Just having another week to get acclimated to the offense. 
Exactly. All right. So coming up next, Nick is going to tell us about his pretty fun-filled, event-filled Saturday that he had at the Chicago Auto Show. But before we do, I just want to take a minute to remind you to leave our show a review on Apple Podcasts and include your Twitter handle just in case you want to be included for our free Bears jersey giveaway. Uh, and on top of that, I've had a few people reach out who are either Android listeners or just don't have you know an iTunes account, Apple Podcasts account. So the other way to do this would be to re- leave us a review on Facebook. We have an option available for you to do so there. Uh, no matter which way you choose, you will be included in this free Bears jersey giveaway. But the catch is we're still not going to give away this jersey until we reach that 200 mark on Apple Podcasts. So if you can find a way to do it there, definitely helps expedite the process, helps us pick a winner sooner, and of course, find one lucky listener to send that free Bears jersey to of their choice. So again, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, include your Twitter handle so we know how to contact you. And of course, on Facebook, we'll know exactly who you are. But Nick, I know, like I said, you, you went to the Chicago Auto Show on Sun, uh, Saturday. Um, it was pretty much your day, so I don't want to even take any away from it. So go ahead and just share away. Yeah, okay, so I will. Real I'll go right ahead. I just want to say I was upset that I missed you. I know you, uh, Brandon was supposed to, or well, you did go to the auto show just uh, a little later than I did, but yeah, I woke up that Saturday morning, not even knowing that I was going to be at the auto show. I opened up my Twitter as I usually do every morning, see Mitch Trubisky tweet from his account. I'm going to be at the Chicago auto show. And immediately my plans changed for that day. I told my dad and my younger brother, Hey, we we're going to go see Mitch Trubisky. And it's funny because on the way there, on the drive there, I made it my mission and I tweeted it out on my account. I'm going to get a selfie with Trubisky. I'm not leaving the auto show without a selfie. So we get there, and as soon as I get there, Dontrell Inman's actually there at Toyota booth answering fan questions. And I just got there, and he answered a a question about John Fox, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. Um, He said he was a great coach. Obviously, that didn't play out in Chicago, but he said the one thing that Fox told Inman before he left and was you know fired was that if he ever needed anything, Inman, that he can call John Fox and he'd be there to help him out. I think he, obviously things didn't work out in Chicago, but John Fox I've heard is a great person and that you can, a lot of bears players, a lot of players, former players can uh, agree to that. So that was cool to see. And then after that, I get in line where uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to be at. And as I'm in line, a young fan actually comes up to me. He's like, Hey, wait, you're from the bears brothers. Aren't you? I mean, I was wearing my shirt. So you can put your two to two together, but it was just cool that he came up to me. I believe uh, his name was Matthew. So just shout out to you and thank you for, you know, coming up to me. But as I'm um, the lines moving and we're getting closer, Trubisky, uh, someone asked him in front of me saying, Hey, how's the hand doing? Because he had a stack of just pictures that he was hand signing each and every one. Someone asked him, Hey, how's the hand doing? He's like, it's getting a little sore. But what's more sore is my jaw from smiling all day. And everyone in line just kind of chuckled at that. <laughs> but I get uh, get my time and to take a picture of Trubisky. And I had my phone. The State Farm representatives had to take the picture. They said no selfies. Well, I had my phone at my side. And I just, uh, I as soon as the picture gets taken from me, from the State Farm representative, I asked Trubisky, hey, can I get a selfie? He's like, yeah, of course. So I take it. And as I'm taking it, the State Farm representatives are like, no selfies, no selfies. Oh, I took it anyway, and then I moved out. And then Trubisky like just yells out to me. He's like, "Hey, just st- tag State Farm in it." I didn't, but it's whatever. I mean, I got a selfie with Mitch Trubisky. I completed my mission. Yeah, and that was my uh, first experience at the Chicago Auto Show. I've never been, so my first time. I get a selfie with Mitch Trubisky. Get to ask Don Charlie Minute question, and then I saw some cars. That's so that was cool. pretty cool. Uh, how long were you, did you have to wait to get that autograph? Um, it took about an hour. It was a good line, but it was moving pretty, uh, pretty fast. Trubisky was good with taking the pictures. People were cooperating. There was one Green Bay Packers fan in line. I'm like, he should not be allowed to take that picture. What are you doing here? You know, you don't like him. You like that other guy up north who plays quarterback, not Trubisky. But yeah, uh, I mean, it went pretty smoothly in about an hour. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. And Brandon, I know you were at the auto show as well later on that evening. You didn't meet any bears, but uh, what was your favorite car? Uh, my favorite car, it's, it's Jeep tracks always fun to do. So we got to ride in a Wrangler that takes you around the track and shows you what it can do. And that was a lot of fun. Awesome. Not, not nearly as exciting as meeting Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> not, ne- not nearly, but still fun. All right. Fair enough. All right. So our <laughs> actual first segment that we're going to do today is we're going to piggyback off the fact that Nick was able to take that selfie with Mitch over the weekend by sharing three current bears that we would like to have the opportunity to go ahead and take a selfie with and just briefly explain why. And Brandon. I'm curious, uh, who are your three uh, that you would like to take a selfie with if given the chance? 
Uh, all these are kind of under some uh, special circumstances. Uh, that's kind of how I took this question. But first one's going to be Willie Young on his fishing boat because I love the fish, and that'd be pretty cool to go fishing with Willie Young. Am I right? Yeah. So uh, he, he's my first one. And the second one is uh, Mitch Undrine, uh, because him and his wife are pretty good trap shooters, and I like to trap shoot myself as well. So again, another circumstance that I doubt would happen, but it'd still be pretty cool to be able to take a selfie with them doing another thing that I enjoy. And the third one is Adrian Amos because, I mean, he's just my guy. I've been a fan of him ever since we drafted him. So those are those are my three. Uh, that's a pretty rock solid three. I like uh, how you went with the special circumstances. I didn't even think about that along those lines. I just thought of players in general, but I like it. I like that a lot. And I, I like that you knew a little bit about like what they do. I know everyone knows that uh, Young fishes, but, you know, about Unrein in the shooting. I mean, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, so, Nick, I'm going to go to you now. Who are your three? You know, I didn't even know we were supposed to keep the Bears players. So I'm going to break that rule oh. right now. <laughs> I, obviously, my number one was Trubisky, which I, I got that accomplished. But I, I stuck with just quarterbacks for this one. Uh, I went with Jay Cullors, my second guy, just because I, I like Jay. I think that would be a great picture just to have, smoking Jay and me, just in a picture <laughs> together. Great hair, great hair. We both have great hair, so that would be, you know, just identical to have there. And then Jimmy Garoppolo. And you guys know that uh i do have a man crush on jimmy g so yeah you have a man, man crush on all three which is fine i can just see <laughs> yeah, that you know now. you'd be in like a bikini laying across <laughs> all of them then underneath and they'd be holding you up i see it now that'd be a pretty epic picture that would be epic i wouldn't mind that yeah i know Not you wouldn't <laughs> i really don't all right so my three i have i i follow the rules but i don't even think it really set rules so that's okay but uh mine i have two on offense one on defense my first one i'm gonna give it uh, to Tariq cohen uh one i just want to know how much taller i am than him i know i i can feel it you know like a good half a foot but taking a picture would be kind of affirming like wow look at how much taller i am than the bears running back and everyone's like wow but uh, on top of that, he's a humble guy. I like to just talk to him a little bit more. And I don't know, have you ever seen his smile? It's such a great smile to have. And honestly, I just would like to take a photo of someone as photogenic as Tariq Cohen. Uh, my second one, Akeem Hicks. I already took a selfie with him last year, but he was just so much fun. Uh, we we're just talking about, I told him he needed to just go earn that new contract. He did. But he was just kind of just, you know, having a lot of fun bantering with a bunch of different fans. And so for me, just how much fun he was, I like to go meet him again, uh, talk to him just a little bit more. And my last one, uh, Kyle Long. It's because he owes me one. Uh, during training camp back in 2004, he missed a practice due to an illness, and he was signing autographs. And when I asked him to take a selfie, he said he just wasn't up to taking photos. And I said, I understand you're sick. How about next time? And he said, sure. Well, it's been you know three and a half years, and next time hasn't happened yet. So uh, this is a selfie that's been in the making for quite some time. But my third one would be Kyle Long. Guys, any final thoughts on selfie and bears or players in general before we move on to a little bit more football related topic here. I almost put Kyle long on my list. I thought he'd be an interesting one to take a selfie. with. I could just see him doing something funky in the background. I don't know. I can see it too. For sure. Nick, how about you? I think we just, we got to get that Kyle long one set. We'll, we'll be at training camp this year. We'll let the say, we'll have to make a sign or something. You owe will a selfie. We'll get it done. I have the <laughs> message too on Instagram. I was like, Hey, remember you sold me a selfie. And he's like, of course, next time. And again, oh, we're still, we're still waiting <laughs> on it, but it's okay. So coming up next, we're going to go around the horn and kind of pay homage to our alma maters as we're going to kind of diagnose three different players, one from each of our schools that we would like the bears to maybe go out and draft, or maybe the one that they should, if they, if given the chance. But before we do, I need to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. So whether you're searching for a last minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek will help you buy, find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's something quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all three of the Bears brothers have the Seeky gaps in our phone. It's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere in just a few taps, instantly find some seats. Um, I actually just looked a little bit ago. They're not up yet, but I'm sure they're going to be up soon for that Hall of Fame game that we mentioned on top of the show. I know all three of us are trying to go. We already got tickets to the enshrinement ceremony. Now we need to go see the Hall of Fame game. So definitely check out SeatGeek here in a couple upcoming weeks throughout the offseason for those tickets. And the best part of all is that SeatGeek saves you the time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find you amazing deals. On top of this, probably the grandest aspect of the entirety of this is that our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, or $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. 
All right, well, I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my two Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. And we are now going to go ahead and pay a little homage to our alma maters. Uh, for those who may be newer listeners to the show, we all three recently graduated within the last calendar year from three different Big Ten schools. Uh, Brandon is a Purdue graduate. I know, it's it's awful. Uh, I'm from Indiana. Nick, he is from Iowa. So in this segment, like I said, we're going to pay homage a little bit, and we're going to kind of diagnose three different bear uh, players that we'd like to maybe see become Bears this offseason. And Brandon, I'm going to go to you first because of what you did in the group message earlier today about our Seeky ad. I had to try my hardest not to laugh the entire time I was going through that ad, and I'm glad I did it. I almost broke down like four different times. So over to you first. Who's your player? I was really thinking about that when you were sitting there. I was like, I wonder if he's thinking about that. Uh, every second of the way. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with inside linebacker Juwan Bentley. Uh, my second option would have been defensive tackler, nose tackle Eddie Wilson. Uh, but I'm going to stick with Juwan Bentley, uh, the 6'4", 255-pound uh, inside linebacker. Uh, why? Because he's aggressive. I mean, he got tossed out of a couple games this year for hitting guys in the head. One of them was kind of questionable, uh, in my opinion. Uh, that's for another day. Uh, but, but overall, he's just aggressive. And despite those two instances, he never changed how he played. And I think that kind of fits our description of what a Bears middle linebacker should be. I mean, you just got to look at guys like Brian Urlacher, uh, Danny Trevathan, Drell Freeman. All those guys have all been very, very aggressive in their time here in Chicago. And he even got one of them to the Hall of Fame. Uh, so second of all, I mean, it's just how big he is. He's 6'4", 255, and he plays coverage so well despite how big he is. Uh, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago when I said, you know, Bears should kind of maybe look at him because I was kind of a little biased there in that segment. Uh, but he iced the Minnesota game for Purdue. He was in the passing lane, picked the ball off, and ran it all the way back to the house for a pick six. And in doing so, he's outrunning the wide receivers out there that are chasing him down. Uh, so he has the size. He has the speed. And then lastly, just to kind of cap off some of his stats, uh, he finished his senior campaign with 89 tackles in the pick six, as I mentioned. Uh, he's just a playmaker. And fun fact, I'm pulling out the analytics here. Uh, well, he was the highest-rated linebacker. Yeah, highest-rated linebacker in the Big Ten, according to none other than PFF. He got a 90.7 grade, and I think he just really fits the Chicago mold of an inside linebacker. Look at Brandon whipping out the PFF grades oh. only when it suits his argument. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Nick, I saw you unmuted, but uh, I was actually going to go ahead and go first. Is that okay? Yeah, go right ahead. Sounds good. I just got really excited when I saw who I had again. I was like, who did I pick? Oh, yeah, I picked a wide receiver from Indiana, Simi Cobbs Jr. And we all know that receiver is the biggest need on offense. And I, for one, I'm not too keen on drafting one in the first round. So I'm looking at some maybe day two, some potential day three prospects. And uh, Indiana's Simi Cobbs Jr., he fits the bill. Uh, the first thing I like is uh, his size. He's 6'4", 220. And that's a big, solid frame that can be used in the red zone. But on top of that, Cobbs, he also possesses the quickness and route-running ability to challenge defenders downfield. He can be a really an effective part of this offense. He has aggressiveness, hand and body control to go out there and win those 50-50 passes. I don't think we have anybody on the roster right now who can go out there and win a 50-50 ball, kind of like how we saw Alshon Jeffrey do during his time here in Chicago. Looking at his prior season, uh, he had... Big year. I, I lost the stats there, but uh, the big game he had was against Ohio State. He had 11 receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown against that highly acclaimed Buckeye defense. He finished as one of the top 10 receivers statistically ever in IU history, and he only had two full seasons of production. On top of that, he played with multiple different quarterbacks. So he was able to kind of adjust with that. But, you know, he's a receiver that I think with proper coaching kind of can thrive in an NFL offense. Uh, the one knock on him that I've been seeing is this lack of overall speed, his ability to gain separation one-on-one, -on -one. but on I think he just has that natural skill set to go ahead and uh, be a part of ne Nagy's offense. It'll be really well, but Another thing I want to mention real quick, too, in terms of Cobbs Jr. is just the fact that even though he's such a big guy, 6'4", 220, he can actually go ahead and take those shallow crosses, and he can make plays with the ball in his hands and turn those into big games. So to have a receiver of his statue not only go out there and win those 50-50 balls down the field, but to be able to make plays uh, with the ball in his hands, I think is like an added bonus. And Nick, I'm going to go over to you for your Iowa player. Yeah, so if you guys want a player that's going to be a good fit for the Bears, unlike, you know, the guys at Purdue and Indiana, uh -huh. a guy to look at. And I, I've already talked about Josh Jackson. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. I've already talked about him. But another guy that the Bears could possibly look at is Josie Jewell, inside linebacker from the Hawkeyes. Um, he was a finalist for the Bucks Award winner in 2017. 2017 Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. The Ronnie Lott Trophy winner in 2017, which goes honors a college football player's best defense player and on uh, for character and on-field performance, finished fifth all-time in the Big Ten Conference with 211 
solo tackles over his four-year span and finished eighth all-time in the Big Ten with 26 passes defended. This guy's always around the football. He's a natural-born leader, makes tackles, is going to be in the right place at the right time. And an inside linebacker, the Bears do need some more depth there. Obviously, they have Trevathan and Nick Kwiatkowski, but who know? I mean, Christian Jones is another guy who likes to play there. And But I think that you added Josie Jules maybe in the fourth round where the Bears do have a pick there, and that's where he's projected to go at. I think this would be a good pick for the Bears. He's not as big. He's only 6'1", 235. But when you watch the tape, the guy makes plays. It doesn't matter if it's a bigger offensive lineman. He's going to find a way to get to the ball carrier, and he's always going to be in the right gap. So Josie Julie's one of those hard-nosed guys that I know the Chicago fans would love to have on their team, whether it's on special teams or actually being in a game at linebacker. I know Chicago will back him up, and his play will back himself up uh, regardless. But, yeah, Josie Jules is definitely a guy that I would like to have on our team if, you know, given the opportunity. All right, so two linebackers and a wide receiver here from our three Big Ten schools. Good stuff. If you're watching live in the YouTube comment section right now, feel free to let us know uh, who you would like the most here in Chicago from any of these schools or maybe a school of yours that you graduated from or maybe you're just your favorite college team in general. We're always uh, eager to hear what you have in mind. But moving on, uh, one of the biggest questions running our Bears is who should they acquire this offseason, right? That's what everyone's talking about. Fans have had a ton of fun partaking in all the hypotheticals, kind of like, you know, the bringing in guys like Jarvis Landry or Allen Robinson or drafting guys like a Bradley Chubb and a Calvin Ridley. So for this segment, I wanted to get picky, really picky. I wanted each of us to go in and diagnose the one player, either be a free agency or via the draft that we like the Bears to go ahead and bring to Chicago. Granted, you know, these opinions are pending and they can change probably much day by day because that's what we do throughout the offseason. But, uh, as of today, I want to know who do you want to bring in the most? And Nick, I'm going to go right back to you. Yeah, so this one might not sit well with people, and we're about to find out. I mean, I have this live chat open right now, but the guy that I'm starting to come around to at this moment in time is Jarvis Landry. I know um, <sighs> this is a guy that maybe doesn't quite fit the system, doesn't run fast enough, can't you know stretch the field vertically, only catches short passes. But the one thing he is, and he has been for his entire career so far, is reliable. You can He's never missed a game in his four years. Played all 16 games each each season. He has 400 catches in, within his first four years, the most out of any, any receiver in that time span. So that's the thing. When I think about it, when the Bears are trying to address maybe wide receiver, for instance, in free agency, do you go for like maybe a Paul Richardson who's already had two torn ACLs or maybe an Allen Robinson who just is coming off an ACL injury? Or do you want to go with someone who's actually going to be on the field who's been a Pro Bowl receiver and you can count on to be there throughout the entirety of the season? That's a big thing for the Bears. They just need people they can count on to be there for when the season comes late, late in the season, when you're going to week 13, 14. Is that player still going to be on the field? I think Jarvis Landry will. There's nothing that's showing that he's not. And he's productive. And in an offense run by Matt Nagy, we don't know what his, his ceiling is yet. He's still a young player in this league. So he can get even better, which I would expect him to do coming into an offense like Nagy's. So I think right now, if I had to go with one guy, um, and obviously this, I went the free agency route, I'm going to go with Jarvis Landry. All right, Jarvis Landry for Nick. And Nick, real quick before I go over to B, uh, the character slash locker room concerns doesn't really bother you too much? You know, I haven't really heard much about that. I mean, I thought I I was oh, reading I'll a lot on that later. I mean, again, I think everyone has their own little maybe deep, that's wide receivers. A lot of wide receivers are a little divas when you really think about it. Oh, I'm not getting the ball enough. Well, that just means you want to be productive and make plays for your team. But I think again, it hasn't kept him off the field and I haven't seen anything to where players are complaining about him in the locker room. I know the Dolphins would love to keep him, but Obviously, money's going to be an issue, and that's also a big issue. The money he's going to make, but I think he'd be a productive player with the Bears. All right, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and have that one, Brandon. I want to know: Did you go free agency or did you go via the draft? I went with draft, but I got a question for Nick real fast. Yeah, uh, you played wide receiver, didn't you? Slot receiver, yeah. So was, okay, were you a diva? He's a diva I was, now. I was not, well, <laughs> there you go. I didn't. I didn't show it on the field, but I guess now I am. I just had to ask. All right, <laughs> all right, but, B. Yeah. So what do you got? Uh, a lot of the guys that I went for uh, in the show are all draft flakes. I'm trying to get to know some of these prospects a little better. So sticking in the draft, I'm actually going to go with the guy out of Iowa, a guy that Nick's talked about before, is Josh Jackson, the corner. And I was really a big fan of him last year. I remember asking Nick, like, is he going to come out early? Because I really think he'd be a good uh, 
good player here for the Bears, and I think that this is an opportunity to do so if I don't uh, re-sign Cal Fuller or Prince of Mukamara, you know, kind of depending how that all plays out in free agency here. But I think Josh Jackson is a must. I mean, he'll step in immediately and be an Eddie Jackson type of player uh, in his rookie year just because he has a knack for making plays on the ball. He had eight interceptions in 2017. I'm pretty sure that he had just as many uh, in 2016. I'm sure Nick can correct me if I'm wrong there. But I think that's a guy that the Pace may want to trade back for, maybe 9 or 10, because with so many quarterbacks going with the first four or five picks, I think that they'll be able to trade down, pick up another pick, and get Josh Jackson at the same time. I think that that would be a safe idea, and you're still building a depth at the cornerback position, even if you bring back Fuller and Mukamara. That's not bad. I like that as well. Actually, I thought Nick was going to go ahead and talk about Josh Jackson a little I bit. So too, so it really threw me for a loop. I yeah. mean, I, I like I talked about him so much in previous podcasts. I mean, I, if the Bears go with him at number even number eight, so I think he's the best uh, secondary player in this draft, even above Fitzpatrick from Alabama. So he's a. I mean, he led the nation in interceptions. He was second to pass defend. So he's a great player, and I would love for the Bears to have him. I just wanted to take a different guy, Josie Jules, who should be in the Bears. <laughs> there you go. No, and I was looking because I wanted to kind of have some extra stats just in case. And what I really liked about Jackson was the fact that he only gave up a pass rating of 36.5 when targeted all season long. Man, that's if we can have someone to lock need. down one side like that, insane. Would it be? I was going to say, that's exactly what the Bears need. Exactly. But do you know what else? Maybe they don't need it, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. Another linebacker. And I have. I'm going via the draft. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. So I'm going to go with Tremaine Edmonds. I honestly, I'm coming around to this a little bit more. He's explosive. He's physical. He's an instinctive linebacker. He has all the intangibles, really, when you look at him, to turn into a stud in the NFL. He was also recently compared to a Hall of Famer linebacker, Brian Erlacher. Over his last two seasons, Edmund, he has totaled 202 tackles, 30 and a half of which have came for a loss, 10 sacks, one interception, and four forced fumbles. And like I said, I know inside linebacker isn't really a true need, but Trevathan's long-term health is always an issue and a concern. And Edmonds, I think, would be maybe a fun toy for Vic Fangio to kind of play with because he can be utilized in a variety of ways. He has the size and speed to kind of rush off the edge. He can be a physical run defender in a block in a box he could also drop in coverage uh he just has big play potential written down all over and we all know that the bears need more playmakers on defense guys who can go ahead and become difference makers not just good sound players but people who can go out there change games and on top of that Edmonds he comes from a football family his dad was a two-time Pro Bowl tight end for the Miami Dolphins um, Edmonds he just has those elite traits that make him a sideline the sideline defender we don't have one right now on the roster he can be disruptive in all three phases then the best part of all is that like I said he's just budding with so much more potential waiting to be unleashed and who better to untap potential than Vic Fangio he's a future all pro so I say let's go ahead and get him if he's on the board at number eight and did I mention he's only 19 years old? So he would have a long career ahead of him. So I'm going to go with Tremaine Edmonds if I give him the chance, guys. Any questions for me on Edmonds? None that I can think of. That's a guy that I've looked at as well and kind of did my homework on him. So you kind of touched on everything that I was going to touch on. No, but he's only 19. So, I mean, the, it's crazy. 19 years old and being as productive as he was and to see what he could become. That's a guy that, again, if the Bears were to go that route, inside linebacker, like you said, it's not a true need, but your defense will get better, no doubt about it. And being so young, he's going to develop under Vic Fangio. There's some uh, – he the ceiling, we don't even know where it's at for Tremaine Edmonds. Right, and we we rave about Christian Jones because he can play inside and outside, and Edmonds be another guy who can do the same exact thing, so then you can get a real hybrid approach going. Put Edmonds on the field, no one knows what he's going to do. Is he going to come after the quarterback? Is he going to just sit in the box? Is he going to drop back in coverage? No one's going to know, and I think having kind of like that X factor on defense, wouldn't it be a bad thing if they can go ahead and get him? Uh, so for me, Edmonds, and we're down to one more segment, our final one of the show, which is our staple segment all offseason long. That's right. It's time to answer fan questions. But before we do, Nick, let's go full circle. Let's go from the top of the show. Uh, you met Mitchell Trubisky. You got an autographed photo, but I know you have multiple. Do you want to tell fans about our free Mitchell Trubisky signed picture giveaway? 
Yeah, definitely. So right now, if you go and follow us on Instagram, like that post, and then just comment a friend in it, you can actually win one of these Mitch Trubisky autographed pictures. I have three of them. My dad is willing to let me give one of you guys, one of the fans, one of these Mitch Trubisky signed pictures, and he hand-signed each and every one. So um, if you go like the Instagram page, follow us on Instagram, tag a friend and like that post, you'll be entered in, we'll pick a winner. Uh, we haven't established when, but that's all you got to do. Go f- follow us on Instagram, and you can win one of them. Let's just make it end of the week Friday. How's that sound? Hey, I'm I'm down with that. All right, so you have to, the end of the week Friday, it's pretty simple. Like Nick said, just follow us on Instagram, like that post, comment a friend, boom, you're entered. Simple enough. We'll pick a winner this Friday, but let's go ahead, dive right into our fan questions. We have like five to seven, so depending on time, we'll see how many we can answer real quick. And we had so much more come in uh, via either Facebook or Twitter, so if we didn't get to your question, I do apologize. We just had so much come in, we just had to pick a few that we know we can answer quickly because some of them could have just been whole segments or pretty much entire shows, which... Kudos to you for asking such a great question. But the first question we're going to answer today comes from Jake. And he wants to know, you know, all the positions that could be of a need or need some help is wide receiver, offensive line, outside linebacker, cornerback, and inside linebacker. And he wants to know who do we kind of like the most in each of those spots. And he said we can either go draft or free agency. So kind of going off the exact talking points that we've kind of done uh, all show long. But now we can just go position by position. And I'm going to go ahead and let Brandon start. Yeah, so I'm uh, just going to start at wide receiver here and work down that list. Uh, wide receiver Calvin Ridley uh, from Alabama. He's a guy who's openly expressed a desire to play for the Bears. I wouldn't be upset with that pick. If they want a guy with size, they can go with 6'4 receiver Marcel Aitman uh, from Oklahoma State. Or if they want a guy who's a little bit smaller uh, later in the draft, they can get a guy, uh, DJ Moore from Maryland at 5'11". Uh, at offensive line, I've already expressed a couple times Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame. Uh, I'll name drop another guy, Orlando Brown, the tackle from Oklahoma. He's a pretty solid dude as well. Uh, offensive lineberg, I have caution uh, and yellow highlight just all around this position because it's thin. Uh, so I don't know necessarily this is going to be one that's going to be filled in the draft, unfortunately. But I have a guy at Indiana, actually. That's a great scale. a guy that I'm high on. He was all Big Ten uh, this season, six foot, 230 pounds. I'm also a fan of Malik Jefferson from Texas as well. He finished the year with 79 tackles, 10 of them for a loss, and four sacks on the year. And I already brought up Josh Jackson at cornerback and Juwan Bentley from Purdue uh, for an inside linebacker. All right, Nick, how about you? Uh, go ahead and go through your list. So wide receiver, I have Calvin, Calvin Ridley at the top, and then Cortland Sutton is also a guy that I really like. Uh, when you go offensive lineman, you go Quinn Nelson, maybe that eight pick, or maybe in the second round, a guy that is not as uh, maybe highly known, uh, Will Hernandez, a guy that um, I think the Bears, if they definitely don't address the offensive line, maybe in that first round, he's a capable guy in the second. Outside linebacker, you can go with a Bradley. Well, this is if he this would be a dream scenario if he were to end up at the number eight spot for the bears or, you know, maybe they move up, move down, whatever it is, but obviously Bradley Chubb's at the top of my list. And then also Marcus Davenport um, from UTSA. I've talked about it before. Uh, interesting prospect goes to a smaller school and we know pace likes to get these athletic guys. He's not afraid to draft guys from smaller schools. So maybe that's an option. Quarterback. I have Josh Jackson and then inside linebacker. I have your guy will uh, Tremaine Edmonds. All right, there we go. Uh, my list, real quick. Uh, wide receiver, I have maybe Allen Robinson. Honestly, there's just so many question marks. Who's going to be available? And if I was, I was going through free agency here because I think I would have a guy who's a proven uh, player in the league without having to take the risk of drafting someone, seeing if they pan out. But again, you could pick up a Marcus Wheaton, and even though he was productive at one time, doesn't mean he's going to be productive here once it gets to Chicago. Offensive line, that's a toss-up for me between Quentin Nelson and maybe even Carolina's Andrew Norwell. Uh, Nelson obviously would be way cheaper because he'd be on a rookie contract being drafted. Uh, Norwell, he's going to get, if he does enter the open market, a huge contract in free agency. Uh, outside linebacker, I, of course, would do Chubb as well. Um, corner, Kyle Fuller, Joshua Jackson. And then someone who I was looking into today a little bit that I even tweeted about is uh, TJ Carey from Oakland. Uh, he said he's going to test the market. Last season, he had 70 tackles, nine pass breakups. He didn't have any interceptions, but I'm not too worried about that because on top of that, it's going to kind of drive his price a little bit down. Uh, last season, Marcus Cooper came in with a decent amount of interceptions, uh, but he was kind of still a liability in coverage in Arizona. We knew that. We knew we were taking a risk. I think someone like a carry, he's going to be a little bit more sound in coverage, and I think with some correct coaching, he can get in position a little bit more, get some more interceptions. Again, he did have nine pass breakups, so he is getting his hands on the ball. And then on top of that in corner, probably Kyle Fuller still for the Bears. I mean, he is still going to be a free agent if we don't tag him or sign him beforehand so if he does enter the market i think you just gotta do whatever you can to bring him back and finally inside linebacker 
Uh, I mean, again, dream scenario, but even then, I don't know if I would draft him in the first round to be uh, Georgia's Raquan Smith. Uh, he was a former teammate of Leonard Floyd. He's a big presence in defending the run, but he's also a reliable contributor in pass coverage. So just a lot of options here uh, for the Bears this offseason. And moving on to our next question, it comes from Larry Golden. He wants to know, like, what kind of impact can working out with Jared Goff this summer make for Trubisky? And I think it's going to have a tremendous impact for a variety of reasons. But I'm curious, guys, what do you think it'll have in terms of an impact on our second-year quarterback? And, Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, so just uh, working out Jared Goff in the summer, he's able to connect with a guy who who was in a lot of similar situations that he was in uh, his first year with the Bears, Trubisky. Rams finished 4-12. and the, the Bears finished a, a game better with uh, their 5-11 and 11 record, had a veteran head coach, Jeff Fisher, John Fox, replaced with off- offensive-minded guys. So there's a bunch of similarities that um, Goff went through in his first year, and Trubisky just being with a guy who's also uh, obviously a franchise quarterback, drafted number one overall, you could just connect with him, say, hey, like, how did you handle this certain situation? How did you adapt from that? And then you're working out with, uh, you know, a very good player as well. And you saw the jump he made from year one to year two. Well, Trubisky, we want to see that from him. So he can just learn from all the mistakes that maybe Goff made, how he adapted and how he can apply that going to year two for himself with a new head coach and a new system. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. In many ways, I look at it kind of like having a running buddy, someone to kind of motivate you through those lull times, those periods where you're not so motivated. And like you said, he's just someone where Trubisky kind of kind of just, you know, uh, lean on him just a little bit, kind of pick his ear, see what he's uh, struggled with, how he overcame it, how he adjusted to a new head coach, how to be as receptive as possible, all those things. So, yeah, again, I think this is a great move on his part, and it's kind of nice to see him building relationship, relationships around the league as well, especially with other quarterbacks. Brandon, how about you? Do you have anything that we have not mentioned? Yeah, I was kind of figured trying to think of how to answer this question, and I was like, well, maybe they'll take something from Sean McVay in the film room, whatever. But then I'm kind of like, if they're in Los Angeles working out, they're going to throw in the mornings at the beach in the afternoons. So I really expect his mechanics to really improve uh, from anything. I believe that's something that he will take away from Sean McVay as well as Jared Goff, just from uh, being associated with Sean McVay there and working with Jared Goff is going to, I think, hammer down the mechanics, especially for Trubisky. I think it's going to be a huge uh, point for him to increase his accuracy uh, heading into the 2018 season. So I, I expect his mechanics to be better. Definitely. And you never know, maybe when golf has taken a nap, you know, Trubisky kind of like peeks around the apartment or, you know, condo looking for the playbook, trying to see what he can do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, all right, moving on. The next question comes from Simon. He wants to, he mentioned that we had an article that talked about drafting best player available. By the way, if you haven't been reading our stuff on our blog, you're definitely missing out. So go to our website, thebearsbros.com uh, slash blog. If you want to go there directly or you'll find it really quick on our homepage. Uh, tons of articles from our huge and amazing writing staff that we brought on this offseason. But he wants to know, do you think that picking Barkley at number eight would be doing Jordan or Tariq Dirty, uh, seeing as uh, he would be kind of taking the spotlight away from our great franchise running back duo. Um, I'll go ahead and begin. I don't think it would be doing any player really dirty. I mean, it's a business. We know that. And secondly, I don't think you can have too many playmakers on the on either side of the ball. Um, so if someone like Barkley, if he fell to the Bears, I mean, I think it'd be foolish to you know not draft him to kind of let him continue to fall or I wouldn't mind them if they trade it back to get some extra picks and let someone else draft them. But honestly, if he's there, it's a really intriguing option for Ryan Pace because, of course, it makes him competition in the backfield for touches. But I don't know. I think they can find a way to make all these backs happy in a system that can utilize multi-back sets, uh, getting people out and receiving instead of just being a strictly running back. I don't know. It's a very interesting and intriguing option, but we have to get there first. I don't think he'll be available at eight. But uh, what about you, Nick? You know, I, I saw this question. I'm like, well, okay, if you're Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, you guys were basically the offense last year because the receivers didn't help you out very much. Uh, your offensive coordinator was incompetent to really call plays. You would be like, wow, you just drafted Barkley, huh? Okay. I think I would take it if I was one of them. It's a little dirty. But then I think about that. If they were to do that, Barkley's a tremendous player. I was watching his highlights today and what, he's, what he did to Iowa uh, this past season. Incredible pretty salty about that but if i don't know if you draft let's say you draft a barkley i don't know if there's enough touches i think one of them has i think i don't know if howard actually kind of stays there when you really think of, there's no way you can feed barkley howard and cohen sufficiently there's not enough snaps in a football game because barkley can do it all he's your complete back howard pretty one-dimensional he runs the football that's about it cohen you can treat him as a like that slot receiver you can throw him down the field get him out in space but I would think I'm, I know this is not technically answering the question, but Barkley, if you get him, where does Howard really fit into this situation? Because Barkley can do what Howard does, 
and then a little bit more. So real quick, I know this isn't the question, but I want to know if you're Ryan Pace, you had the opportunity. He's there at eight. Would you do it? Oh man. Uh, that's tough. It is. It because else is on the board. Yeah, it depends. And then we were talking, uh, well, we were, we were talking about like, is elite, is Jordan Howard, like an elite running back in this league? He's good. He's very good. But if you, you had like a Barkley type player who obviously he hasn't done anything in the NFL, obviously, but you add him, it's just your offense expands. Like you don't have to take him off the field on third down because he can pass block. He can catch and he's able to run elusively through the tackles. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that question right now. It's tough. It, it is tough because I don't want it because Howard did. He's done great so far in his first two years. He's broken records for the bears. But then, then this guy comes in. You know what he could do. You're just, I'm so conflicted right now. I'm, I'm not answering the question. I mean, that's a good thing. We're not in the war room. We, the no, time would no. run out. We wouldn't have to pick. <laughs> in. We just sorry, you pick. Missed, you missed. You're out. But uh, Brandon, how about you? Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole Barkley situation? Kind of piggybacking off of that, I think that. Well, Nick and I had similar opinions here because I'm looking through what I read. I'm like, well, we've got pretty similar things because I think uh, Saquon Barkley is going to be a bigger threat to Jordan Howard than Tariq Cohen. Uh, because Berkeley had over 600 yards receiving in 2017 at Penn State. And frankly, I'm surprised that Penn State even gave him as many touches as he did. I'm surprised he didn't demand more as much as he got the ball. But he's a damn tough running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only way that the pace pulls the trigger on this is if he sees that Barkley is going to be an upgrade over either one of those guys. And I don't know necessarily that it's doing him dirty, uh, like the question says, because like Will says, it is a business. So if you see the chance to upgrade, I guess you go ahead and do it. But at pick eight uh, for a position that I think is, I think, the best on the team, I don't think that that necessarily happens. I don't know. I just don't think you can have too many good or great running backs on your roster. And you have two under a rookie contract. You have three. I don't know. I think it would be an interesting. It's a bad problem. I mean, it's a bad problem, but a good problem to have if you had it uh, to find a way to make them happy if possible. But it'd be interesting because the Bears are kind of trying to make Jordan Howard a face. I'm wearing a Jordan Howard jersey and I'm talking about this, trying to make him the face (laughs) of the franchise in some ways. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo SmartBase from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Like, I mean, no, Trubisky is going to be, but like they promote Howard heavily. So for them to do that, it would be tough for a marketing standpoint as well. But again, I'm glad we don't have to go ahead and make that decision there. Moving on to our next question. It comes from Zachary. He wants to know if Quentin Nelson, uh, Chubb and Ridley are available when we go out there and uh, have the eighth pick. Who would we pick up? Who do we want to grab the most? Um, he knows it's not likely that all three will be there, but he wants to know, you know, of course, like dream scenario all three available. What do you do? Brandon, I'm going to go to you. Taking Bradley Chubb because last week I said the Bears' biggest need was pass rusher, and if the opportunity's there, take him. Easy enough, right? Yep. That's what I said. I was like, obviously, he's a top-five talent. If he fell down to number eight, it'd be a blessing. I know with Nelson, you would have a solidified, you know, interior of the offensive line for the next decade, or at least from his standpoint. Um, and on top of that, uh, what with Ridley, I'm not on the Ridley train at all. So that's an easy one for me to kind of avoid out. If we trade it back into the teams or somehow and Ridley is there, that's fine. But at a number eight, uh, but no, Chubb, we need him. I think, of course, it even compares to uh, Kyle Long's brother, Chris. So I like how those kind of coincide as well. So for me, it would be Bradley Chubb. What about you, Nick? I am curious real quick, Will, though. Are you still salty about uh, taking a wide receiver in the top 10 after the Kevin White thing? You know, I'm not going to be. If anything, David Terrell. Uh, Tyrell would have been one. No, honestly, it's just, it's just odd, right? David Tyrell. And then also now Kevin white, there's even a second round one in the mid two thousands. I think his name was like, uh, something Bradley, Mark Bradley. And it's just these high picks for the wide receivers for the bears. Just don't seem to pan out. So for me, um, honestly, to fix that position, I would look in free agency. Uh, but, uh, Nick, just curious getting back to the topic at hand, Chubb all the way. I mean, there's, uh, if he falls to that, um, you know, number eight for the Bears. They they got to take them, and they don't have that many pass rushers on the roster right now. And I think if this was maybe uh, if there was a tackle highly rated, and not not that guard is undervalued, but mostly you know NFL teams will put that position have a higher value as a, a right tackle, especially um, or a left tackle, either one uh, over maybe a guard. So if Chubb were to fall to eight, I think the Bears would 
you know, pounce on that right away. Exactly. It fills a need. It's the, probably the best player at the position in the draft. I mean, it's a win-win all the way around. But again, at this at this point in the offseason, there's just no way he's going to fall all the way to number eight. Uh, moving on to our next one, it comes from our moderator, Tristan. Thanks again for moderating, man. We do appreciate it. Uh, but he wants to know, what grade would we give uh, Pace and Nagy for their work so far in the offseason? Which, again, it's still in the very early infancy stage of the offseason in general. But, Nick, if you had to put a grade on it. I'm going to give it an A. I mean, just, I'm just, I took it from just a coach's standpoint. I mean, you got Harry Heistad, Kevin Gilbride, Mark Helfrich. You retained Vic Fangio, even retaining uh, Dave Ragone. So, a uh, quarterback's coach, continuity at that position. Ed Donatel, we saw the secondary players take positive steps in the right direction. So, all these guys, the great coaching staff that the Bears have established here in Chicago so far. So, I give them an A. Yeah, I mean, for the same reasons as you, I'm giving it an A. It's, they overhauled the coaching uh, positions that needed to be, and they retained the ones that we needed to keep. So it's a win-win, easy. Uh, we'll see what they can do in terms of the roster. I'm excited to see what they can do. What about you, B? Uh, I just said not available. I mean, they brought on the coaching staff, which we all really like, but uh, that's just one aspect of it. Let's see what other players they bring on, and then they'll give it a better grade. All right, sounds good. So B, is uh, he's giving them an NA, but I would give it an I, an incomplete. Uh, so for me, I'm looking at their notes and I lost. Oh, there's our next question. All right. I was scrolling a little bit too fast. Almost got to the big white blank page that I definitely didn't <laughs> want to see yet. Uh, so moving on, our next one comes from Austin. He wants to know, does spending elite money on Jarvis Landry or would it be better going ahead and getting a Macklin if he was cut or maybe an Albert Wilson plus maybe even draft a rookie? And he wants to mention they also like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders from Denver. So he just kind of wants to know what we would do here in terms of upgrading the wide receiver position and Brandon, since he gave the last one an eye, I'm going to go ahead and go to you first. Oh, good. Because this is one that I think we might have to have a segment uh, where me and Nick just kind of battle things out. Cause this is one where we're going to disagree. Uh, I said, no, 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 no. Because I don't think the Bears should spend elite money on Jarvis Landry. I'm just not wild about him. Uh, there was an article from the Miami Herald that basically said that Landry plays with his emotions. I'm just paraphrasing it here. Landry plays with his emotions and it sometimes hurts the team. He's in a great position to be a leader in the locker room and he just never sees control of that opportunity. Some even called him, quote unquote, a pain. And then he takes to Twitter about it and then it's just a mess. Uh, I mean, do you really want a guy like that in Chicago? I mean, I want a guy here in Chicago who's going to respect his coaches, do what he's told, think critically about the situation he's in. If he knows he's in a position to lead, take advantage of it and do it. Landry sounds like he's living in the Housewives of Miami dream down there. Uh, I don't think I want him here in Chicago. All right. I mean, I understand that as well. And I think that's why we got rid of Brandon Marshall in the first place. The locker room kind of, you know, diva as Nick would. Well, he is one, but as he would say as well. <laughs> but uh, Nick, I know you probably disagree here, don't you? Yeah, only because um, you say like get a Macklin if he's cut or Albert Wilson and then plus draft a rookie. Well, it depends what rookie you're drafting. And then Macklin, he's already been in the league for 10 years now. I don't know what. What does he have left? How much better are you actually getting if you get a Macklin? Then also Albert Wilson, which it makes sense if you get him. He's been in the system. He was with Kansas City. Um, but what is he? If maybe if Meredith, if Cameron Meredith is number two, so Albert Wilson's not Meredith level, I don't think. He's probably a number three receiver. So you're not getting substantially better with that. It You're getting a bit better, but not like significant. I want impactful players. And back to Jarvis Landry, who is an impactful player. He might play with emotions, but at that point, position we need someone to just be able to play and be productive because we don't have that right now at wide receiver and i mean he's in a locker room i obviously jay Cutler. we've heard him with his uh you know how he handles the locker room and stuff maybe it's just he needs a change of scenery that's sometimes all a player really needs sometimes and obviously both have butt heads landry and the dolphins organization he wants money they're not gonna give it to him so i mean you, you if you're productive no one's done what he's done in his first four years in the league and he's been healthy. He should get paid. Just not what he's asking for. He's asking for Julio Jones, Antonio Brown type of money. But again, will do the Bears get better if they bring in Landry? Yes, they do. They get a lot better at wide receiver. And he's going to be there on the field and be consistent. That's the thing. I think that that's a better option than getting a Macklin and Albert Wilson. Depends where you draft a rookie, obviously. But I'd rather take... Jarvis Landry, and then you're going to also add another wide receiver. He wouldn't be the only guy you bring in. There's no way with you know what that position doesn't have right now. They're going to bring in a Landry. They'll probably draft somebody and probably bring another free agent. So it wouldn't just be Landry, but I would definitely take a – I would take him. 
Okay, I'm passing on Jarvis Landry, just like I am Calvin Ridley. Uh, I honestly don't mind if this Albert Wilson thing kind of pans out because we mentioned he already knows the system. He worked for uh, Coach Nagy for three years in Kansas City. Last year, he had career highs uh, all across the board. He had 42 catches, 544 yards, and three touchdowns. He's a perfect fit in the slot, which I know we have Kendall right there, but he's much younger and a longer-term answer at the slot position. Uh, on top of that, go for a guy who I mentioned earlier, like an Allen Robinson from Jacksonville. I know he's coming off an ACL, but so is Cameron Meredith. So you have to, if you're hoping or if you believe Cameron Meredith can recover, then you have to look at Robinson uh, through the same lens. Uh, on top of that, you're going to draft someone as well. So again, I think that would be a decent strategy. Uh, but again, I just think how Ryan Pace uh, kind of exiled Brandon Marshall right away. I just don't see him bringing in a guy like Landry. He doesn't fit the mentality of the kind of guys that he's brought into Chicago uh, since he's ever, since he's been the GM here. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and pass on Landry. All right, guys, we have one final question left, and it can comes I, from Ethan. What's up? Can jog your guys' memory real quick just to reinforce the point. The Bears cut Trey McBride this season for issues that we weren't even like aware of at the time because he was talking about Josh Bellamy's girlfriend, which never hit public. And I, I can't imagine what would happen if Jarvis Landry went public in Chicago with the locker room issues. That's that's a good point as well. I mean, Trey McBride was like, he got cut and like, wait, what? He just came off like right. a seven catch game against New Orleans. What's going on here? But uh, yeah, definitely. That's another reason to kind of wonder if Landry is available. What's what would Pace do there? And that's a good point that maybe he wouldn't want to bring him in and look elsewhere in free agency. Uh, but getting back to Ethan's question, he wants to know, is it realistic to compare the 2018 Bears to those 2017 Rams? And should the Bears place more of an emphasis on free agency or the draft? Nick, I'm going to go ahead and let you kick off. I think they're going to put uh, more um, emphasis on on the draft. I mean, that's just what Pace has done throughout his couple years here, three years here now. Um, but also going back to the first question, can you compare them? Definitely. I think just seeing the jump that the Rams made from the year one to year two, especially under or the, the jump they made with the new head coach, I think that gives Bears fans hope that maybe they can do it this year. I think that you see what they had in place. They put a good system, offensive system in place, put the guy, right guys around their young quarterback and significant jumps. They make the playoffs. Don't know if that's quite the route that the Bears, that the significant jump they'll make, but I think that just what they had in place gives Bears fans hope. But yeah, again, it's going to be through the draft. Uh, Ryan Pace had more success in the draft than with free agency because we, we can go back to the 2017 free agents and see how that went for Ryan Pace, but there'll definitely be more of an emphasis on the draft. All right. I think it would be a split emphasis. I know you're building through the draft, but you're not going to kind of hit like you did last year. I mean, you could. It'd be rare if you did, but finding all these uh, instant starter capable players, someone like a Tariq Cohen and Eddie Jackson, even a Jordan Howard the year prior, Mitchell Trubisky, it's going to be hard to replicate that. Uh, Leonard Floyd as well the year before. So we'll see what he can do. I mean, of course, I think this is the year where if he hits in free agency, it just takes this team to the entire next level. So I think he's been building through the draft, that young core. Now's the time to go ahead and sprinkle in those veterans who've been around uh, to kind of shore up those weak spots and we'll see what happens. But in terms of the Rams comparisons, you know, absolutely there's parallels every way you look at it from the coaches to the quarterbacks to the young upcoming defense. Uh, so I understand the comparisons are great. I would just say to avoid any disappointment, keep your expectations slightly lower what the Rams did. And somehow if the Bears were able to go ahead and replicate exactly what the Rams did going from, you know, the worst offense to the best offense, that'd be great. And that'd be an awesome overachievement uh, that we can definitely rally around, get excited about. But right now, we need to kind of keep those expectations to a realistic, you know, not medium, but, you know, cautiously optimistic is definitely the best way to approach this 2018 Bears season. And Brandon, over to you for our final answer of the day. I'm going to piggyback off of Nick emphasis on the draft uh, for all the same reasons, just something that Pace has done throughout his time here. And I think that, you know, use free agency just to fill voids in the roster. Um, and then I think, like you said, uh, piggybacking off of you uh, now, I mean, they, nice. they both definitely compare a lot of parallels, like you said, uh, both going from defensive coaches uh, with some promise on the roster to a more offensive-minded coach. Hopefully all now that the the talent, the potential that the Bears have uh, starts to exceed it. But like you said, keep your, your optimism levels at a, at a safe level. All right. And Nick, before we head off, you said you wanted to do a announcement to a fan? Yes, there is a birthday person in the chat. Bacon football. Happy birthday. You told me to give you yeah. a shout out. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Bacon football. <laughs> that's good stuff there. Good good job finding that birthday. So awesome. I think that's our first ever live birthday shout out besides the ones of, of us, which who cares about that? So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I like it. 
All right, so we are officially out of time, but actually we finished everything we wanted to talk about, so really perfect timing here, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I want to thank each and every one of you who watched or listened to the show. Don't forget to leave us that review to enter our free Bears jersey giveaway. And on top of that, I just want to mention, I know you're watching or listening now, so this might not be exciting news for you, but our podcast did get accepted to be on iHeartRadio. So if you do listen to iHeartRadio religiously or you know, if at all, you can definitely find us there if that's a little bit easier for you to listen to our shows. Next week, we're going to be joined by our very own Steve Letizia, who he is a PFF analyst that watched a ton of college film last year. He's going to be on hand to help preview the NFL Combine, and we're going to discuss things like snubs, sleepers, storylines, and players that who can help or hurt their stock the most, and who we should be looking at through the lens of perhaps like Orion Pace. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.